Welcome to the Outsider Theory Podcast, where we explore the mutations of theories outside of the authorized spaces of intellectual life, as well as the ever-alluring figure of the outsider. If you're interested in this project, please subscribe to the podcast and follow my work at OutsiderTheory.com and at OutsiderTheory on Twitter. I'm joined today by Tim Abrahams, who is a writer on architecture and the publisher of Machine Books. Came to my attention because he is working on a project called the Machine Book of Weird. And one of the taglines in the description of it is the literature of lockdown may have already been written. So this is a collection of stories from, from quite a while ago, quite a while before the COVID lockdown experiences yet that that sort of anticipates and explores much of the psychology of this kind of experience of, of domestic self-incarceration or however we might describe it. So um, yeah, this this really caught my attention because it's something I had thought about a little bit myself and uh, was was excited also by some of the, the titles included in the collection as they're, they're stories that I also love. So in any case, thanks uh, for joining me. And perhaps to start, could you just um, maybe describe the project and, you know, how the idea came to you and, uh, you know, what the what the aims of it are? Thanks for having me on, Jeff. It's great to be here. I've listened to the podcast and and really enjoy it. And it's it's great to find a home for something that you've come up with pretty much in lockdown in, in an isolated circumstances, which you which you find purchase with perhaps an audience which you you would hope you'd hoped it would have. It started as a very calculated publishing kind of. Uh, idea of like how oh, how could we uh, lockdown happens we we we're generally publishing architecture uh, which involves going out and engaging with the world we couldn't do that um we also had an idea to be quite you know quite mercenary in a, in a way and think well actually we could use out of copyright work uh, why don't we why don't we publish out of copy out of copyright work we don't have to pay an author um, which was one, you know, this, this idea of how how do we explore the, this idea as a, as a publisher? So there's a kind of slightly slightly cynical dimension. But very quickly, once once we pick once we picked it up, um, there was a there was another key there was a kind of key moment of kind of realizing that uh, it would just miss the hundredth anniversary of uh, Freud's um, The Uncanny, um, his essay Soul Venture into Literary Criticism was 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 could come out, and I think it's nineteen. 19- is it? I can't remember. 1919, or so we just we just, we kind of on 1920. We, we just missed it by a year, but we thought this was a kind of a, a, an idea which seemed to find great resonance, and it be, then became it became we read the book, we read read Freud's Freud's criticism, and started thinking about some of the books that he was criticizing, um, and. Uh, about how the strange world suddenly cuts into a domestic situation. He's kind of quite, it's quite uh, frivolous and dismissive of 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 them. And yet, um, as Mark, I think it's Mark Fisher says in his his writing about the weird, actually Freud is in many ways writing this strange short story himself. In that he's, you know, he's this uh, a figure of 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 authority who's slowly goes through this experience and then uh, writing in this kind of scholarly manner and, and then there's this interruption by these stories which actually 
slightly confound him in some ways and he has to kind of keep it at a distance and, and render it re render it neutral so we were like then I spoke to friends who who like I'm sure you have the same kind of friends who like this these stories and who know more about them than I do and 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 for the first so for my first four months of lockdown I was reading H.G. Wells short stories um you know I was reading all kind Algernon Blackwood, uh, G.K. Chesterton, H.P. Lovecraft, all these strangely named kind of Edwardian figures who, who very often, uh, and there's a number of reasons which I hopefully we can explore, write about domestic situations into which something horrible or strange or weird interrupts. And we began to find huge analogies to the predicament and the situation we were in. And we published them digitally at first and and, and um, in pairs because at the time we thought oh, we wanted to get them up on Amazon. And Amazon said suddenly started cracking down on people publishing individual short stories out of copyright. So they had to be annotated, illustrated and in pairs. So we went, OK, we spoke to friends who knew these stories and and uh, and, and they gave us critical insights into them. And we had a, a we have a great illustrator, Chris Rainbow, who's going through this same process, but based in Moscow. And he was I was sending him these short stories and he was stuck in his apartment in in Moscow, kind of doing these window views into these strange, strange domestic situations, which we so this is very odd internationalized dimension to it so it, it it developed its own it developed its own kind of momentum and what we found was that there was a particular kind of sweet spot although there's writers that come from before this kind of sweet spot of like 1910 and in, in England this is the Edwardian period it's like it's the beginning of a new century and and what 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 you see in in these circumstances that you have writers who are uh, it's the kind of the the uh, the the critical theories marxism freud others the, the this analysis political and psychoanalytic analysis which has kind of dominated the kind of the theory the world of high 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 letters in the um in the 19th century suddenly begins to play upon the domestic world and you see writers suddenly through their influence and understanding of these things beginning to understand the domestic situation as something closed off and there is there is there's they see the bars on the window as it were and this in a kind of strange quite sadly perverted way was was a condition that we that we saw in lockdown, and we also realised that the 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 I mean, I was I was listening to your um, listening to the previous version, previous episodes about cider theory, and the, just the the unanim unanimity of pro lockdown amongst everyone meant that it was very difficult to find a critical voice to kind of write against that, to push back on that. And it seemed to me, see, and it suddenly through this process, we realised that actually literature was a way of engaging people and uh, to talk about stuff that, that perhaps there wasn't really any other method of, uh, uh, of talking about it with. Yeah, I mean, jumping into one particular story you included is the yellow wallpaper. 
you know, which is generally read in the context of, I mean, it's it's read as uh, in American literature surveys in the U.S. It's also read very widely in the context of sort of feminist literary criticism, um, you know, feminist literature, Charlotte Perkins Gilman being a kind of significant early feminist writer. And, you know, what's fascinating about that story is it's kind of about this real phenomenon of this bed rest sort of cure that was often imposed on women who were seen as, um, you know, I mean, it, it, tying back to Freud, you know, hysterical or, you know, suffering from these sort of nervous illnesses that were, you know, so uh, so prevalent among um, sort of middle class and upper middle class women in particular at the time, you know, but on both sides of the Atlantic. So it, it's I mean, it, it ties back into your your point about how this is sort of this period in which there's this new relationship to domesticity. And of course, that often leads to this kind of, um, you know, th this, um, I mean, th that's, that's where a lot of this kind of early, like women's and feminist literature kind of comes out of that, that exploration of the oppressiveness of this new domesticity, which is extremely isolating. Then in the case of this bed rest or, or rest cure, as it was called, you know, it's, it's quite fascinating to look back because, um, it sort of subsequently becomes regarded as, you know, a highly a, a harmful and highly oppressive instance of how this kind of patriarchal mode of medicine, which is about sort of controlling women's desires, what, you know, prevailed at the time and how, you know, this clearly insane, <laughs> you know, treatments of essentially locking uh these uh, women in in their rooms and preventing them from leaving and you know the the yellow wallpaper sort of um charts the the mental breakdown of this this uh, protagonist in response to that situation where it's it's clearly something that will exacerbate and worsen the very condition that is designed to cure so it is kind of a you know there there's sort of a direct tie into the way that um you know suddenly we have this mania among the public health and medical establishment around this, you know, novel um, response to, to um, a sort of viral epidemic, which, you know, involves essentially confining people to their homes, despite there being, you know, many indications about why this would be a bad idea from the beginning. Um, so it is, yeah. it, it is kind of interesting that, I mean, with that story in particular, it it ties into the the way that the medical establishment is sort of, you know, get, gets caught up in these um, these political projects. We're able to, you know, as you said, it's like we it, it, it was very hard to find people, particularly in 2020, who would, you know, be willing to write critically about that. And, and once you did, you were sort of um, flagged as as a conspiracy theorist um, slash, you know, sort of murderer. But you know, of course, with um, a story like The Yellow Wallpaper, we're sort of able to look back at this, you know, what was once a sort of standard treatment prescribed by by um, respectable doctors as this, you know, yeah. extremely cruel and, and um, you know, sadistic um, practice. So, you know, it, it is a, a particularly potent kind of uh, story to revisit in this light. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, the, the, you could you can go on to be. It's it's fascinating now to well, one of the, the one of the things we've done is deliberately compile them in print form so they're all together and revisit them and 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 
and, and and look at them look at them again rather than it just as rather than it being this crazy thing we did in lock did it did in lockdown lockdown although it was a crazy thing we did in lockdown um it, it's it, it because you have stories like that i mean i mean it's not an any attempt to kind of negate or divorce the the kind of feminist the history of that and in its importance to the kind of the feminist canon but it is you you know it was a direct response as a reader of of like the insanity of it and feeling feeling that feeling that hysteria feeling that 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 this is crazy uh, i feel crazy <laughs> this situation is crazy and and you 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 know you relate to it on that immediate level i mean you can now look back and look at the you know you begin to look about the instances of mental health issues you look at the instances of kind of addiction levels kind of spiking you know it's not just a it's not just a it's not just a trite kind of context it it it, 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 it was it did you know it did contribute and did 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 lead and there is a kind of as you say there is a direct historical lineage which you know i you know i'm learning through 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 listening to your podcast about the kind of theories of the theories of Freud and the kind of the, the, the like the bio the, the like the the biosecurity, and I I think that 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 there is an there is an also for, from our point of view as well this is just that there's a physicality to it which which you know the wallpaper is actually the membrane between the inside world and the outside world it's this is the this is this is the this is the world in which in which in which in which we inhabited for like particularly for the first four months when we, there was no kind of sense of 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 of, of, of it of it ending i think and, and then it's also interesting to compare it to, to gilman's other book which is about two men who were um effectively uh share the same room the rocking chair share a room share digs together and and it's a ghost story really um uh, sorry spoiler alert because they 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 begin to think that there's a third figure in this in this situation and that what that the, each of them each of the two male, male protagonists is a female other presence and they are they they begin to become jealous of the relationship between between um between each of them to the to this to this third figure to it to a to a you know a, 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 a tragic a tragic degree and there's again this kind of this in this sense of 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 being an environment where they they couldn't you know the, 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 where they're in a society where they can't easily meet women, <laughs> so they're trapped inside and they, they they begin fixating on this this other thing. So it's again about about the kind of insanity. There's an insanity of entrapment and insanity of of enclosure, which which is just very 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 compelling. And 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 you know, I didn't lose my mind during during lockdown, but I certainly felt certainly felt that kind of strange it, 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 I, it, I began reading these things because it was the only thing that really spoke really spoke to me about about the condition that we were that we were going through um and and gilman is a, a gilman is a writer who who understood the kind of the the perils of safety of of security and i think that that's she's 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 absolutely she was immediately she had this great understanding of what apparently makes you safe is the thing that is the most harmful which was very difficult to be able to articulate at that time because we were all 
we were all there was a consensus that what was making things harmful was that which lay beyond that the the the, the condition of social mixing that was be that would be the thing which would would be most harmful when in actual fact you know one another of the reasons why we continue doing it is because so much so much of the conditions which lockdown kind of created uh, kind of closure of social spaces places where you can mix has unfortunately continued and and you know uh, and the, the these remain not just as a warning to lockdown but as a, a kind of a warning to a life of total interiority which i think is very much easy as society as time has gone history's gone on since since lockdown that's even more kind of what these stories are actually doing it's uh it's kind of uncanny really <laughs> yeah and i mean going into freud a bit you know it's worth noting the <clears throat> the title is or the the german term that is translated as uncanny is unheimlich heim is home so you know it'd be sort of literally unhomely um so it it has to do with the home right it's um the the uncanny i mean he he says um i i'm paraphrasing roughly but something like the the uncanny is that species of the terrifying in which um it's it's something about how the unfamiliar leads back to what is old and familiar so um so it's it's kind of this i mean it's um i don't know if you've seen like a um there's this notion of the semiotic square where like this term if you negate it twice it sort of it becomes this like weird opposite but not opposite so like unheimlich is actually as it turns out the it's it's you know potentially both a synonym and a negation of heimlich homely because heimlich can mean secret um so it can mean you know what is it, it can both mean what is what is um you know what is close and familiar, but it can also mean what is what is secret, um, what is um, what is concealed, and so, you know, what's interesting there is that you know, and you're an architectural writer, critic, so you know, it, it really has to do with like the structure of a house, right? So, think of a house. I mean, so that there's a perspective perspectival shift in this whole cluster of different meanings, right? Because it's like looking at a house from the inside versus looking at a house from the outside, right? Um, from the inside, it may seem warm and cozy, but viewed from the outside through curtains, it may look as if something creepy or disturbing is happening in there, right? And so, you know, this kind of ambiguity of the home um, as both the space of of comfort, of of uh, familiarity, but also the space in which um, things are concealed, right? And this is, you know, this is why it's the perfect um, kind of exteriorization of the psyche, right? Because in a sense, the home is the reflection of the psyche. And so from a Freudian perspective, you know, discovering these sort of concealed realms of the home is essentially discovering the unconscious, right? Or it's it's encountering these symptoms of what is, you know, what is what is buried within you. Yeah. You know, and, and Gilman, I just, you know, the tying back to Gilman, you know, she um, famously in the story, it's like she perceives this woman who she who she understands to be trapped behind or within the wall, like the wallpaper, right. Um, this, this like woman who's crawling on all fours. And so she, she essentially kind of tears off the wallpaper. If I recall the story correctly in order to kind of free this woman, then the woman essentially, you know, she, she then sort of becomes the woman who she has been perceiving. Yeah. Um, so in a sense, the woman is this, 
this version of the self that has previously been concealed um, that that she then has to kind of liberate from its confinement within the home. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, which, which is, which coincides with her kind of complete breakdown. So it's, it's this really, you know, chilling kind of moment where the, the, the darkest kind of realms of the unconscious are kind of unleashed. Yeah, she, and there's an interesting detail is she has to lock the door. She locks herself in so she can liberate, so she can liberate her, be, be liberated through this, this kind of just this straight, this psycho, psychotic kind of, uh, imaginary world in which she's losing lo losing herself into i mean algernon blackwood is is the 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 is the other way the, the, his story the other wing uh, blackwood's a, a fascinating figure he's he's like he's lived he had this kind of strange like adventurer lifestyle like life not lifestyle it was a life like john bucket he was like a figure from a kind of uh a hero you know he kind of sheep farming in Canada, mining. He did kind of like an adventurous lifestyle, but then wrote these, became became uh, a short story writer. And he, you know, there's a really quite a strange, and I think this is happening, there's another historical parallel here with the, the, the contemporary moment. He's, he's, he's he, his writing is, he's traveled the world and lived this adventurous lifestyle. And yet all his stories are about the kind of, immediacy and proximity of, of of a terrifying universe trapped quite quite close to you the other way and actually the other wing the story one of the stories that we've we've included is that it's, it's one of his least terrifying it's actually it's actually from a child's perspective and he just it's about the childlike understanding and openness to there being another universe immediately adjacent of a, 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 another world uh, completely next next to you, and you know that, that the Freudian that that Freudian semiotics that you describe is completely kind of appropriate there because he you know he it's about how how he grows to understand how he must live with and, and neg negate that, but then how it might yet be open to him at a, at when it's when when it when it's needed, and I, I the 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 sense of I think there's also one of the one of the kind of ulterior motives, one of the things that really made us want to, to, to kind of carry on and publish this was this sense that in the the Mark Fisher's the eerie kind of Mark Fisher talks about the the contrast between the eerie and the weird. So on one hand, the, the eerie is effectively the 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 um the the sense of the the open city writers like um Ian Sinclair who kind of psychogeographs psychogeographs right 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 yeah so yeah you, what you have is the the yeah, there's a historical parallel because um you know that psychogeography has been a kind of constant strain in 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 English kind of writing or kind of counterculture writing and there's a sense there's a strong sense that 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 moment Sinclair's kind of coming to the end of his writer career his last his last couple of books perhaps not his most effective a few people have kind of gone well you know is this is this really Will Wiles who's actually contributed to the book has written a book wrote a story of like what what is psychogeography really I mean I am I is it really liberating to be kind of wandering around and kind of looking at ley lines actually 
uh, isn't it far more liberating to be sitting in my chair and imagining imagining these worlds? And, and that, and that and psychogeography accords pretty much with Fisher's description of of um, of the eerie. And you know, there's there's a the, the, the sense that lockdown suddenly the eerie and the psychogeographic just become totally pointless because instead of imagining these kind of wild kind of empty city spaces if through one wonders alone as in a kind of hallucinatory liberating experience actually you know we were allowed one walk during lockdown and that's what we got and everyone was doing it and it and it you suddenly realize that actually that's not liberating at all that's actually a part of a kind of condition in which uh in which things are opportunities are closed off and so the his one of the propositions one one of the reasons why we very very con consciously use the, the term weird after fisher's coinage is that the, there's another tradition there's this and we kind of go have to go back to the beginning of the 20th century to find its most kind of potent and uh, and powerful examples um you know and the the weird you know it's a punt it's it's a proposition that the weird may now be the 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 condition in which in which count the counterculture articulates art, if you can even talk about counterculture anymore or or a, a kind of a particular type of writer or writing can articulate a particular set of political misgivings or or political critics political critique and you know uh, that's why that man so there's a that we've read so much about kind of like lockdown literature and i haven't you know i haven't read any yet that i've, I've read books which were quite definitely written during lockdown you could really tell uh, but i've not not read anything that really articulates articulates that experience and nor 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 the experience that 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 I mean, I'm I'm strongly of the belief that society has fundamentally changed and reordered since since 2020, and the the condition that we the 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 problems the social problems I I see as part of a in a professional sense as part of architect writing and thinking about public space and public interaction, the fundamentally changed in 2020, and that we have a series of problems which which can be drawn back even further than 2020, but at which we can look at 2020 as a point in which they become manifest and wholly uh, and dominating and and the point at which things become a, a real problemat problematic. The idea of, you know, we could talk, there's the idea of inhibiting movement around a city depending upon, you know, your desire the 15 minute city is 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 one of those it could be is a very positive idea in many ways but actually uh these the presumption that you can you know when you don't have to be you don't have to be conspiracy theorists to read that that and certainly in the uk and i live in oxford and the L, the low tra the low traffic neighborhoods here were, were introduced in 2020 um as using funds which were part of the emergency funds for for lock for lockdown, um, and you know the idea that when you know we're not there's not going to be a Simpsons like a normal dome kind of plonked over a, a neighbourhood preventing you to move around, but the, but suddenly the proposition and and um, Carlos Moreno, who's one of the advocates of the the 
15 mini city said you know it was a great opportunity lockdown because people on one hand you could look at that in a, in a positive way and say people saw the benefit of having nice streets which you could cycle around and not have lots of cars in it you could look at in a more critical way and say lockdown provided the opportunity for people to introduce things which they wouldn't have got away with if 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 we if if we'd been able to protest if the political system had been kind of working as operating as previously so it's um i think that the 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 book identifies um yeah a focus and a, a focus on on and on, there's a kind of there's this implicit liberatory kind of message a message in it message in a lot of the stories which um the the that was that that I was very relieved to find somewhere um and it was very strange to find it I mean it makes sense when you think about it but it was a kind of very strange thing to find it in you know HP Lovecraft stories which are like you know it's very it takes it takes it took me and I've always been I've read him before and he's always freaked me out and I found very uncomfortable reading because he was such a you know but partly because in the, in the background there's the knowledge he's a deeply unpleasant kind of anti-semite and racist but there's also his writing is so profoundly frightening i find i'm not a i'm the odd thing was as a, as a personal reader as a personal choice I've, i'm not a person that likes scary stuff but it it was i found and, and I, so it was a you know, triply, quadruply interesting to find that that, that 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 actually the fearful place, a place which I never really wanted to go as a reader previously, was actually the place where I was going to find actually some comfort and some some kind of, and we, which which again I think probably relates to the you know the there's parts of the the Freud where you could where you could uh, find a, a great deal of um, kind of support for that kind of that strange dichotomy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny, my, um, another thing this reminded me of from very early on in lockdown was this, I don't know if you listened to, or it, it, this publisher, um, Urbanomic had a sort of short-lived podcast or that they ran just, just during 2020, but it was really, it was a great pot. I mean, it was these kind of marathon episodes where they just had various people calling in, um, you know, writers who had written for them. Um, but they also did some readings and the the ones that, that really struck me and stuck with me were these stories by J.G. Ballard, who who I think is, you know, I, I um, you know, from, from the more recent uh, past, you know, a, another figure who really uncannily anticipated a great deal of this. Um, and so anyway, I, I could provide a link in the show notes to this episode of their, their urbanomic podcast, but it was, um, it was, a you know, it was also like, he really, um, I, I just remember listening to those stories in, uh, March or April, maybe April of, of 2020 and finding them, um, you know, really incredibly uncanny in their, uh, ability to, to capture what I was, feeling and and as you say even though they're they're quite disturbing stories um you know that there was a kind of um a certain comfort in that recognition um and you know the other one that that is that is in your list that you know also comes from this this earlier period it, um which I, I wrote about early on although for reasons not quite to do with lockdown but um I'll get into that in a second was um Maupassant's uh, the Orla which 
is a story I've I've loved for a long time. And and Lovecraft, you know, you mentioned Lovecraft. I think he described it as one of the greatest works of what he called cosmic horror. Um, and so this story is about, you know, it's, I mean, like the yellow wallpaper, it's about a, a sort of descent into, a seeming descent into madness. Um, and, you know, it begins with this kind of idyllic scene of the, the narrator at his, um, you know, at his, his family's home. And he describes, you know, this is really like his ancestral, you know, he seems to be sort of a somewhat aristocratic or at least very, you know, um, very affluent sort of, uh, you know, um, haute bourgeoisie kind of figure. And he's, you know, he's, he's describing um, just his, his attachment to this place, um, to this home. And, you know, the story is um, the Orla, which is the name he gives to this malign, invisible creature that sort of invades and takes over his life means, you know, something like out, out there or outside there. Um, so there's kind of this relationship again that you know connects to Freud's Heimlich und Heimlich between the 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 interior and the exterior, um, and the way that these kind of become inseparable. Um, there's a, a another term that um, you know the some Lacanian Freudians have used um, ec extimacy, in other words, intimacy, but you know with the ex um, prefix. So it's it's kind of about the situation of extimacy, um, where you know, and he's he's describing, you know, he's he's in his his hometown overlooking the Seine, um, and then you know he sees this boat or he sees this um, flotilla of of boats coming down the river, and he thinks they're so beautiful, but then eventually he becomes convinced that one of these, and this, you know, this is another interesting tie-in that. You know, one of these boats coming from abroad was the the vector of this kind of evil contagion that that takes him over. And so, anyway, it's it's a. I mean, I'd love to get your thoughts on it, but just um, the the reason I wrote about it in I'm I'm just looking up the piece I wrote because I can't remember exactly when it came out. Um, it was actually yeah, it was May 2020, so it was one of the first things I wrote about COVID. Um, was about this strange phenomenon that, you know, I've, it's, it's one of these things that happened early that year that I've never been able to quite figure out what was going on there. But the, the fact that there were these, um, these um, acts of, of vandalism and sabotage against 5G towers, and there was this whole emergence very early on of this 5G conspiracy theory that either COVID was somehow conveyed by 5G or that 5G was um, that that COVID was a pretext invented to explain away the symptoms created by the installation of this 5G infrastructure. Um, so it was very interesting, and there were you know particularly in Europe there were people. Um, it it I mean we don't have I, I think it's partly because the 5G infrastructure was more advanced there and and um, was was also relatively new and much publicized. But you know there were these like in the Netherlands and Germany and elsewhere, there were these groups that would go and like set 5G towers on fire. And so what, you know, I connected it to the Orla because it was kind of, I mean, it, I mean, as a sort of, um, you know, even though on one level it makes no sense on another level, it really does because, you know, the 5G and, and interestingly it connects, you know, sort of digital virality and sort of biological virality you know, the 5G is a vector of the foreign because it's, I mean, particularly because in, in Europe, it was generally in, um, built up through these partnerships with the Chinese um, Huawei company. 
And so it, you know, there was a connection between the Chinese origin of the virus and the Chinese origin of this technology. And so, you know, as a kind of, um, you know, at least from the perspective of the unconscious, it, it, the, the sort of associative logic makes complete sense. And, you know, I, I sort of argued that we we should, in this piece, that we should take these seemingly mad people seriously because they were they were connecting things that, that should be connected, although maybe not quite in the right way, because, you know, they, they were grasping that there's this kind of logic of globalization, this logic of of the, the kind of um, the the kind of erasure of and and dismantling of barriers right that you know has both that that has relevance both to you know the spread of viruses and to the spread of technology and the way technology itself then enables the spread of information across across barriers and then you know this kind of ties into you know this notion of the home as as something to be you know protected to be walled in but you know what's interesting in the the orla is he you know, at the end of the story, spoiler alert, he he attempts to sort of confine the the creature, this this invisible entity that he thinks has been persecuting him in his house and then sets the house on fire. But then at the end, it's clear that he he has failed, right, that this this attempt has failed. So anyway, that that, you know, I, what I was kind of interested in there was also just the invisibility of the virus and the invisibility of the of you know of 5g radiation of of the, the invisibility of information flows um and and what you you know what you do with the kind of anxiety produced by that invisibility and kind of un, uncontainability um and so you know you can say that on one level you know the, the public health response was one version of that right how do you how do you respond to this i mean and it was it was called it was referred to by several officials as an invisible enemy which is a phrase that the narrator of the Orla uses um, to describe his persecutor. So what do you do with an invisible enemy? You know, in a sense, the the um, 5G arsonists and the public health officials were both kind of responding to this question in some in some sense. I think that, that's that's it's really it's that's that's a that's a really great link. I'm looking forward to read that reading that. That's it, it's an incredible parallel that to 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 draw to draw the 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 episode one of the things the the two moments there's three moments that stay in my mind from that that's the moment in which he it's a brazilian it's a brazilian boat this 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 alien entity has come from on this uh trading vessel from from brazil there's his description of this moment and this sudden dread which which lands upon him then there's the moment in which he first becomes aware someone's drinking his there's someone he wakes up in the morning and go someone's drunk his water something has drunk his water which is just this like great moment of 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 total kind of fear but then the the the, the lock the moment and his 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 solution to it is to lock the doors that's there's this he goes around there's the description of him going bolt is going around bolting the house before he before before he set he sets it ablaze but I, uh, the, 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 there's a there's a kind of interesting dimension to Mopasso himself, where that that kind of those two extremes you're just you're, you're describing the domestic and this kind of this communication system, which which 
is you know suddenly suddenly by 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 being in, being incarcerated these two things are suddenly of such polar extremes that one must be one must be determined as cause as cause as causing the causing other mopas on himself was like apparently is that i read just a a snippet of a biography of him I, I can't recall exactly what i think it was actually just an article and maybe it's a, a new yorker article um in which mopas on both was hated company but hated his own he but he, as soon he would just he would what he would do is he would be he'd spend time in as socially and then just be like i can't stand people anymore and he would go off on boats or on a on a, a journey or be on it and be on his own and then was utterly kind of bereft and couldn't couldn't deal with that you know and his writing is a constant attempt to negotiate this desire to push people away as far as possible uh, but then an understanding that he he needed him and that's why he's such a the kind of the, the proto you know, such a proto modern modern writer, both the kind of the extreme, you know, the extreme desire for solitude and the extreme desire for company, and trying to articulate articulate those those two nego negotiate be negotiate between those two states. You cut you you know you come across you, you know you come across that, and I think that, you know he was key in raising. It's it's imp I think it's also important that these are short stories. Um. The you know there is a there is a correlation between the rooms in a house and the collect uh, the short the collection of the the individual short stories relationship to the to the whole. There the, there is a they are they are an, they are the the form of the short story comes and goes, but it finds its kind of apogee at that moment. One of its apogees at that particular moment, and I would and I'm suggesting again now. Um, because of that negotiation between the between between those those states, it, you have a writer like O. Henry who doesn't seem to really have a place in, in in these these stories because he's a writer of he's talking about New York in the nineteen tens nineteen twenties, which is a is not a place of solitude. is It's a busy bustling uh, buzz bustling time, but. Um, he he managed he he's a writer who is articulating individ is able to kind of talk about the atomization of individual experiences through the kind of tumult of the urbanization of New York uh, and how that isolate how that was you know both crowd a place of intense crowding and an intense an intense isolation. And I think that, that you know that, that will be, there's the, 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 the kind of the nostalgia for lockdown is is strong in those who miss the uniform you know miss that sense of uniform uniform experience. Everyone was going through the same thing. It was great. We went on Zooms and talked about baking. Everyone was ever we had that luxury of that of of that of just that uniform experience. And and people who were sad and lonely and baked and like that they had a condition whereby everyone was joining them you know it, it was it was a it was a, a kind of a, un, a unifying experience and i think that's why oh henry who's such a, a master of the 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 short story form it, it, um, and taught and articulates this this feeling of of 
being uh, both part of a huge collective experience but utterly isolated at the same time as being quite quite key in that quite key in that in that description and in, in, in quite key in that in in articulating articulating some of the some of the the, the parallels between that social condition a hundred years ago and the social condition which we kind of weirdly created themselves but that's the sad the sad part is that you know these writers are pushing back on a condition which they feel has been industrial you know which they can foresee a liberation from because a kind of series of pre-existing social conditions which they are pushing back and pushing back and that through they can, you know, through although Saki, a writer like Saki is perhaps not the most is not trying to liberate society from it from its conditions, but he's trying to have a laugh at it. He's trying to pour scorn on it. Who knows? Who knows how liberatory he is in his intention? I I think I find it very liberatory reading him to kind of let's have a big laugh at it, or as, as che which was Chekhov's Chekhov's attitude. But but the 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 aspect of it is that. Um, uh it's it's kind of it's both kind of heartening to find these kind of moments articulated but then also they were pushing back on something that pre-existed and we kind of created those conditions that that's the really that's the really tough tough part of the analogy is that they were fighting back on a kind of system of patriarchy a system of a system of you know, class suppression, the system of, you know, hegemony, and which was there, no one knew better. And here they were, here these writers were at this moment of a liberatory moment, whereas, we, you know, we, we kind of, it was, we're putting things back in the box, which is, it's it's a tough, which is a tough kind of, a tough part of, tough part of the read. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, and, you know, just to name one interesting point that, you know, kind of ties back to these, you know, these feminist elements of this kind of earlier body of literature, um, you know, where domesticity is is a feminized space. It's sort of, um, you know, it's <clears throat> and I, I mean, I think here of Christopher Lash and his work on, on you know, the, the history of the family, how it, it becomes kind of coded in, in the 19th century as this kind of, you know, as the title of his book, has it haven in a heartless world. It's kind of this, this space that is insulated from the market, right? And from the kind of cold calculating um, ruthlessness of the market, right? And it's it's the space where these kind of higher sentiments can thrive and so on. Um, and so that's kind of the idealized version but, you know, then obviously, as we get from feminist literature, they're, they're, the reality is much more ambiguous. But, you know, what's so but, but what's kind of interesting is, you know, you have the, the domestic space as the, the feminized space in this earlier context. Um, and then, you know, what, what another thing that happens with I, I mean, and then, you know, another point that's kind of interesting is like one of the one of the things that er, the handful of kind of earlier critics of lockdown who, you know, were more the, the handful of people kind of on the left who are critical of these things or on the kind of feminist end of things who were critical of it pointed out that it was very likely to increase domestic abuse and that this did in fact happen, right? This is resoundingly confirmed as one of the really, really tragic um, effects of this policy. But um 
you know, another thing more broadly is that um, the uh, the merger of of the home and the and work, you know, is is another kind of you know is 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 another way that I think the the uncanny the unheimlich as it develops kind of in the COVID era is is different because it's a it's one in which you know there there's on one hand this kind of reassertion of of boundaries of of the kind of um, solidity of walls as some sort of, you know, protective measure. But then on the other hand, there's kind of this liquefaction of, of boundaries separating the, the domestic space from the workspace. Of course, we have all these like comical video and, you know, kind of absurd videos that come out of this where you have like some seemingly, <clears throat> you know, important official making some important sounding statement. And then there's some like kid doing something crazy in the background or whatever, but like, that you know more broadly there's just this this way that these two um that that the domestic and the that you know the, the entire sphere of activity is kind of shrunken into this small space and you know living in new york as i do that that was particularly acute and and that the the domestic and the the um the professional become merged and then and then the other thing that happens is kind of the the physical and the technological become merged right that um you know, and this is another reason why the 5G connection is interesting, right? Because it's like um, this this transfer of all activities onto internet platforms is is a really you know is is a culmination of a of a, a process that was already well underway. Um, but so so I think this uncanny is also one that <clears throat> you know where that this kind of invisible encroachment of of the of the outside onto the inside, you know, takes partly the form of kind of um, you know these these technologies, which are fundamentally technologies of surveillance, kind of being accepted into the the household, and then at the same time, you know, which is already happening, but it's sort of hypercharged, and then at the same time, the kind of um, the the uh, and and you know, this is also an interesting point because. At least in the U.S., you know that um, among a certain subset of people, the embrace, you know, the real embrace of remote work, of work from home, and and the the desire not to return to the office is, and the, you know, this kind of ties into something else that you brought up, which is like we need to understand why people embrace this, you know, not only kind of accepted it or tolerated it, but, but often kind of enthusiastically embraced it. And I mean, I think one thing that, that I find, and, you know, I'm somebody who does work from home now with some ambivalent feelings about it. Um, I can sort of appreciate it in some respects and not in others. Um, I, I mean, I, I've, I've also been, um, you know, although I'm not at the moment, um, had the experience of, of teaching extensively from home, which I, did not enjoy at all in part because uh, of this kind of weird merger of the the domestic and space and the classroom just, you know, it didn't feel like it worked for me and didn't feel like it was working for my students um, to an even greater extent. So, but, you know, nevertheless, this kind of embrace of this, um, this, you know, um, elimination of the, of these boundaries between the, the domestic and the professional space yeah. is a really notable feature of of this whole set of developments it's why gk chesterton is he, I, I, he wasn't a writer that i even knew he's a very strange figure in that he he was a 
him and it, like basically for 20 years it was hg wells and here you know, having just a constant ding dong with each other in in the pages of the british newspapers he came from strong uh, a very strong christian uh christian background chesterton who's very critical of uh socialists um but he one of the things that was from incredibly helpful about reading him is his understanding of paradox and he, he's a writer that just kind of anytime there's a paradox he just goes for it goes for it full time and that 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 sense of that sense of both the boundaries becoming the walls becoming stronger and clearer but liquefaction of life within it is something that actually he 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 ex he explores. He was very he's very kind of concerned about the the not so much the the. I mean, he was a conservative with a small C, but also uh, one who understood social change was social change was necessary. Um, but he 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 he's often very um he was often very he, he the two stories we've included th this sense of the space. Of modern life being blurred between between the the external the, the the professional and the personal is something that he that he that he's I mean the, the, there's a detective I mean he's got a great detective who Father Brown is this kind of kind of a monastic um, detective which he created and one of the stories is one of these stories so there is a obviously in that and he's a, a kind of amateur sleuth in the great English tradition so you have that professional and personal kind of mel melted together in, in, in these things but and he investigates from a kind of interro he interrogates understanding that these, these social boundaries are, are collapsing or are being kind of brought together in new and strange different ways and the the there's no point in and i think it i think it is important to understand the blessings like personally my 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 wife were as a radio producer and she she'd kind of almost we'd moved away from london she'd given up on the the prospect of being a radio producer again because the the infrastructure was she was not open to to it or able to uh, able to access it but the technology during lockdown suddenly became open to it and she is able now in a domestic situation to do do the work which she mm. which she originally she's able to be a radio producer again so in many ways it's been emancipatory and yet in other ways she um it, it hasn't because of the mm. because of the because of the collision, that liquefaction, the the sense of the boundary ba boundaries being 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 taken away, and 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 everything's everything uh, everything's very immediate. And again, that that it, 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 I mean, it, it, again that that is prefigured prefigured by 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 a writer from a very particular and very unique perspective. He's not in any way a kind of representative figure. You, the 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 stories though are. Um, he write he writes a whole series of stories about um about a guy a guy finding finding houses finding rooms and houses for his friends. Um it's his it's his first it's his and one of the stories is from 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 this first book, The Singular Speculation of the House Agent. And so you have this mm -hmm. this interrogation of why these why he's helping these guys find their this is find their places and why why they want that and 
and the kind of strange new landscape of of a city where the traditional hierarchies are are are, are changing, and yet he's trying to find them places where they can where they can feel at home. It's um, again there are there there are it's not just a kind of that we tried to make sure that we weren't just talking about people trapped in rooms. Um, although there, there there are some good there's some corkers about people trapped in rooms for sure. So perhaps to wrap up, um, so my understanding is you're um, fundraising on Kickstarter to release a print edition of the the collection. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're still. We're, I don't know. Um, uh, um, yeah, it should. The, the Kickstarter will be done in a week's time. So we're kind of at the, the very much the end of it. We're still quite not quite there. We still got to push it over the line. But I'm I'm pretty sure I, I'm. This is me crossing my fingers. Um, I'm ho hopeful we'll make it. We'll we'll do we'll we'll make it somehow because I just feel that the 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 they both as a you know as a publisher and you watch the you kind of fall in love with these stories and you you begin to see their relevance. I, I, we're determined that they'll they'll make a collective presence because I think you need. You know, is there's not just one story. There's not just one writer who gives you in. In it's a kind of an understanding of a whole collective concern. And and, and you know, who knows? I, I'd like to see the. Maybe they will. I, I, I it's been so great talking to you because you've got the 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 kind of understanding of the the history of Freud's thought and the way it's informed other other thinking. And it it, it you know as an as. I'm a publisher. I'm I'm not a kind of theorist, and you have an instinct that these things can, will have resonance and touch and touch things. And and what you've said, as we've been discussing, is that I I don't have the the language myself. I don't have the knowledge myself. But I was damn sure that someone would, and I'm damn sure that it that it that that it that it that the 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 things that you are you've revealed were were out there to be said about them and, and the, the the connections were there to be made between these things so um ho um yeah i i hope they, they will find that the collection will find will find the the light of day yeah so and i will link the kickstarter um so that people can contribute and also check out the the project um thus far and yeah it's uh I do think it's important, you know, I, I feel like there's a something I've been frustrated with is, um, you know, I, 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 I can understand, you know, needing to sort of move beyond just like relitigating lockdown and so on. But, you know, I've been frustrated by the, the sort of demand to just like not complain about it, and not know, not observe that something as, as remarkable and, and shocking as this happened. So, you know, I think, I think this is an important way of kind of advancing the conversation just because, it shows that there, you know, that that there are continuities with, you know, kind of um, anxieties and terrors of of you know modern society that that are longstanding, and that you know this is this is a new episode in this set of developments, but but that it it also kind of helps us kind of, and that that these these stories help us kind of situated in this broader historical perspective. And I, I think that's very that's very useful, and it's it's the kind of project that will, you know, help us continue to reflect on the significance of what happened while also kind of uh, moving forward and being able to hopefully think more 
um, critically about, you know, the the coming uh, phases of of dystopia. <laughs> it's not gone away. The issue that it, 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 the 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 issues I daily dismayed by the the way in which the phenomena of lockdown are transmuting and turning into and influencing our understanding of public life. That's, that's the truth. Thank you so much for, for illuminating the stories um, in our conversation. It's been, it's been great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's um, as I said, it's a project I immediately kind of, that that resonated with me right away. And um, yeah, I do think it's, (laughs) it's just what what we need more of to, um, you know, to continue thinking about, you know what's what's happened and and um kind of how it fits into the broader history of our societies so yeah well a pleasure and uh thanks for taking the time and thanks, yeah thank you so much thanks for having me on yes take care take care cheers bye, bye.